Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to Whiskey and Wrestling, and this is the Cask Aged Wrestling. Yeah, the this thing that we're trying here. While life stuff goes on in Michael's yeah. world. Um, as well as we just want to go back and watch some of our old favorites. Yeah. If you've heard our week two WrestleMania review Ugh. or night two WrestleMania two. Ugh. Terrible. But, uh, um, you know, this is something like we said on the last one. This is something that we're going to do from time to time. Whether it's to fill in while we may be off for a week or just as a special drop in. You know, yeah. hey, this this is something that popped up on a random Tuesday, <laughs> you know, where we decided we wanted to watch Greed or Sold Out or an Ancient Royal Rumble or something like that. Yeah. Uh, generally, we're going to try to stick to ones that have some kind of uh, cultural meaning to wrestling, right? Mm. So last night, last time we did this, we did WrestleMania 1, the granddaddy of them all, the one that kicked it off. Yes, arguments can be made that things existed before it, but really and truly, WrestleMania 1 was the first major pay-per-view that did anything so tonight which one are we doing tonight we are doing the pay-per-view that changed wrestling we're doing bash at the beach 1996 oh fancy uh so the lead up to this Mm because i feel like the lead-in is important the lead-in to this one is extremely important so as 1996 kicks off we see the curtain call event in WWF at the time. Yes, which, you know, for those that don't know, obviously, there was a show at Madison Square Garden, Mm -hmm. right? The main event was Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, I believe. Wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was versus Razor Ramon. Um, Yeah, yeah, Shawn and Razor. Yeah, that sounds right. After that match was over... Triple H, who was a face, Kevin Nash, no, Triple H was a heel. Kevin Nash, who was a face, Mm -hmm. Sean was a face, Razor was a heel. All hug in the ring. Yeah, throw up the wolf pack, the too sweet. The too, too sweet. Which, in this era, because we're talking 96, kayfabe was still pretty well kept yeah you know yes you we had already had the steroid trials we already knew that wrestling was scripted however they were still very much you know faces and heels weren't seen together Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff they didn't ride together unless it was something special where they could hide the fact that that was happening that kind of stuff so we have this happen and the reason that this happens is because razor and nash so Scott Hall and Nash had not re-signed with WWE or WWF. Yeah. They were going to WCW. The contract they were offered from WCW, they both went to Vince and said, hey, this is what they offered them. And Vince said, I can't do that. Yeah. And they said, okay. And they let their contracts expire. And, and I I'm and think that on. Vince also told them, take it, because I yeah. can't, I can't I do, can't that do it, you know. You know, this was back when WWF was, you know, still very much a, 
you know, you show up, you get paid type thing. And WCW was offering guarantees. They were offering all kinds of stuff like that. This is early WCW shortly after. After Bischoff took over. Well, after Bischoff had taken over and Ted Turner yep. had really decided, you know what? The Monday Night Wars were about to be a thing. We, we are going. Well, they already were a thing. We'd well, had, yeah, they you were, know, they were going to ratchet it up though. Yeah, they were going to ratchet it up, and Ted Turner was throwing his money around, mm-hmm. so because he wanted to have, he wanted to have wrestling on his television. Yes. So this happens. It, it resulted, honestly, it resulted in Stone Cold becoming a thing mm-hmm. because Triple H was actually scheduled to. Uh, yeah, Triple win H was going to win King Rumble. of the Ring. He was going to no, win King of the Ring. He was going to win King of the Ring. Um, and because of curtain calls, because Sean was the champion. So you can't punish him. And Razor and Nash were out the door. Triple H caught the heat. Yes. Um, which got him replaced with Stone Cold. Stone Cold ends up winning King of the Ring. And that's when he cuts the famous Austin, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Yeah. Right. And the rest is wrestling history. Um, Moving over to WCW as yeah. we build for Bash at the Beach, Razor shows up because his contract with WWF ended before Diesel's yep. did. Razor shows up. He's Scott Hall, but he's still. Well, we don't say that. Yeah, they didn't. We, they didn't call him by name that first no, one. They didn't call him by name. He's still one hundred percent in the Razor gimmick. He comes in through the crowd. He hops the barricade. He makes his presence known, and he leaves. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything that first yeah. night. The next week or two, maybe it was a couple weeks, I don't honestly remember at this point, he shows back up, Bischoff gets in his face, and he just well, points. Before this, he cuts the call in the ring. No, it doesn't. My bad. No. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Bischoff he, gets in his face. Bischoff gets in behind. his face, and he's just pointing behind him, yep. and Bischoff is like, what? What? Because Bischoff right. is a commentator yeah. at this time. Yes. He, he's still an on-screen commentator. Yep. He's not... He's not known as the, the, uh, known the as, runner. You know, yeah. and he turns around and there's Kevin Nash. And I think that Nash slams Nash him. lays him out. Lays him out. And then Hall grabs the mic and cuts the, you know who we are, but you don't know why we're here. And because then once immediately again, gets once a again, still in the razor gimmick. <laughs> they immediately get a season of desist. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> this is also where we end up in the WWF world. You end up with fake Diesel, which was Kane, mm. and you end up with fake Razor, which I don't remember that dude's name. But he the reason he got the job was because he could do a good Razor Ramon impersonation. Yeah, he wasn't a good wrestler, but WWE basically had the the concept of, well, uh, you know, we own the intellectual property right to Diesel and Razor Ramon, so that should just be like a TV character, right? It doesn't matter who plays them because it's a (laughs) character, not a person. We're going to general hospital this up. Yeah, (laughs) so they tried it, and boy, did it not work. (laughs) But apparently what it did work, if if you believe Kevin Nash, they started announcing the return of Diesel and Razor, and... Eric went to him and said, please don't go back. Please don't go back. Yeah. We're going to pay you more money. We're and they signed, more money. They, they signed, signed an even higher yes. m- amount of money contract. And we're standing there in the truck as everybody was watching WWE. Yep. When they and you see up. the fake Razor, fake Diesel show up. And you just, apparently, everybody just kind of turned. And you could see the, we just got played. Yep. 
so whether I believe that or not, I don't know. But still, that leads us to Bash at the Beach. Yeah. So they set up a three on three match. They're calling for, themselves the Outsiders. Yep. They set up a three on three match, a hostile takeover match. Yeah. But nobody knows who the third man is. They, they, and they keep telling everybody, don't worry about it. Yep. You'll know when he comes out. You'll know when he gets here. Yep. And then, so we go into Bash at the Beach. Bash at the Beach. Our first match on the, the card, there were some dark matches beforehand. Jim Powers uh, defeated Hugh Morris. Um, there was a WCW main event filming that saw the Steiner brothers uh, defeating the WCW World Tag Team Champions, Harlem Heat. So that's Booker T, Stevie Ray, via disqualification. Uh, Bobby Walker defeated Billy Kidman. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, defeated Fire and Ice, that's Scott Norton and Ice Train. God, mid-90s were great, weren't yes. they? Uh, Eddie Guerrero defeated Lord Steven Regal. All of that happened before the pay-per-view came on the air. Which but, was in Tampa, I believe. Uh, Daytona Beach. Daytona Beach, that's right. Daytona, Daytona Beach. Beach. Yeah. Our first match of the night on the pay-per-view itself. Psychosis. Versus Ray Mysterio Jr. Now, this is 1996. Very young. 27 years ago. Ray Mysterio currently, as we sit here in 2023, is 48 years old. Yep. So he was 21, 22 at the time. Hall of Famer Ray Mysterio. Hall of Famer Ray Mysterio. I really liked this match. This match was amazing. At one point in the match, Psychosis nearly kills himself as he jumps out of, over the top rope, out of the ring, and slams his head into the barricade. Mm -hmm. Um, which thank God he didn't. Yeah, that would be Back another. Man. That would have been another person <laughs> that Rey Mysterio yeah. killed. And we're not doing a counter of how many people on screen are dead this week, <laughs> because it's I don't. I can't count that high. It's a lot. <laughs> At one point, I, we were watching one of the matches, and I, I, I was watching one of the matches, and Caitlin was sitting next to me, and I said, "Half the people in this match are dead. Everybody in the ring is gone." <laughs> you know, um, but. Yeah, so we get this match between Psychosis and Ray, and this is what a match, this is what a lucha match should be. Yeah, every member of the AEW roster needs to sit down and they need to watch this match mm-hmm. and take notes so that they understand how to tell a story while still hitting your high spots. Yep. This match was great. Ray Mysterio uh, wins. Yes, that uh, moves us to the next match, and this is where we go from. Cruiserweight, mm-hmm. Lucha Libre style wrestling, which is great because you have Mike Tanay trying to explain to everybody during the match yeah, so, what so Lucha Libre is, the, the culture behind it. The commentators are Mike Tanay, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, mm. and Dusty Rhodes, baby. Uh, and, um, and why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Tony Siobhan. Yeah. And listening to Dusty make up names for moves. <laughs> Is one of the joys at, of watching old at one wrestling. point. At, at one point, I'm sitting there, I'm packing stuff up because Caitlin and I are getting ready to move, and I've got this playing on my iPad and headphones while she watches regular TV and does her stuff. And Dusty says, "Ray Mysterios," and I'm just busting out laughing because not Ray Mysterio, Ray Mysterios. Yeah, it, it's Dusty. Didn't care. You could. Dusty didn't care he at did all. Not care at all. At all throughout this. Bobby Heenan 
you could tell that he was trying, but also that he didn't really care what was happening in the ring. And poor Iron Mike Tanay <laughs> was trying to hold it all together. Which, yeah, you got Iron Mike. And then, yeah. you know, Tanay leaves at some point. Yeah. And it's just Tony and Heenan and Dusty. And poor Tony could yes. not control either one of those mm-hmm. two men. And he just tried to keep things on track and going. Throughout the entire show, they're calling for Eric Bischoff. Yeah, they're wondering they're, where he is. And they're, they're Eric, um, give us a call. Call in. Let us know that you're okay. Nobody's seen you. We're worried about you. That kind of stuff. There's a couple of backstage segments with Mean Gene, who, when they cut back, there's, like, police. Yeah. Quote, unquote, yeah. police. Security. a uh, locker room, mm-hmm. which is the locker room where the outsiders are. Mean Gene makes a comment that he knows he heard a third voice in there and it sounds familiar, but he has no idea who it was because it was all muffled. Um, you know, but this is what's going to happen, right? Yep. So moving on. Second second match. So um, our second match of the night was a silver dollar, or I'm sorry, a Carson City silver dollar match between John Tenta, Earthquake, Earthquake and Big Bubba. Big boss man. Yeah, Ray Trailer. Uh so we have this match, and this is a they have a sock full of silver dollars on a pole. On a pole. And this pole is way up there. It's way up there, and it is super thin. Yes. Uh like, outside the ring, we have uh Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Yep, he was down there with Big is, Bubba. With Big Bubba. These guys go at it. This is a Hoss fight, as yeah. you would expect. And I forget if it was uh, Heenan or Dusty that said Tenta was with his body shape with you know his his large low end. There's no way he's going to be able to climb this pole. Yeah, and there was no way either one no. of these men were going to be able like the pole would not support like, them. Both of them at one time got up on the top rope and they now these are tall guys too, right? And they yeah. they weren't even close to being able to reach up to the sock full of quarters. Yeah. Or silver dollars, as they call it. Or whatever, them. you know, whatever it was um, that they had in the sock. Because you never see it. Yeah. Like it. Well, you do. You, you see it at the very end. Oh, did they pour it out? Yeah. Okay, I, I must have looked away. Because they have this fight, and it goes back and forth, back and forth. Eventually, Big Boss Man, or Big Bubba, grabs some medical tape, and he tapes Tenta's arm to the rope. Then... Jimmy's heart gives him a pair of scissors. He's going to cut off the little ponytail, little rat mm-hmm. tail that, that Earthquake has, right? Well, Earthquake low blows him, takes the scissors, cuts the rope, cuts the, the tape loose. Jimmy Hart had climbed the, the pole at this well, point. Right before that, er, uh, Tensa goes over and was going to cut all the bands so that mm-hmm. they would get the pole down. He could get the, the sock, right? Um, He gets stopped from that. Big Bubba yells at Jimmy Hart and tells him, I can't climb that pole. Get up there and get it. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy Hart climbs a pole. Yeah. And he grabs the sock. And while he's doing that, John Tenta sneaks up behind Big Bubba, lays him out. Jimmy Hart climbs down, not looking at what's going on, turns around and hands the sock to John Tenta. Yeah, Tenta's there waiting for him. Who takes it, hits Boss Man in the jaw with it. Yeah. One, two, three. That's your Shenta wins. Then he takes the thing and pours all the quarters out on him and then picks up two of them and puts them on his eyes. Okay. Uh, and then rolls out of the yeah. ring. I, I looked away at that point. 
My bad. I, I've seen I, all the of this. The only reason I know that is because I literally watched this today. I, w- I was watching it last night, and I finished it this morning because it was falling asleep at the end. Uh, not because the action, yeah. but because it was after midnight. Right. I'm like, <laughs> but, so, this was a Haas fight. Yeah. As you would expect yeah. from these two and guys. it wasn't bad. And, and these two guys are legends in their own right. This is mid-90s Haas fight. It, yeah. It wasn't bad. Um. The third match is a taped fist match between Diamond Dallas Page and Jim Duggan. Yeah. Oh. For Page's Lord of the Ring ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that Diamond Dallas Page came out to, um, was it Smells Like Team Spirit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He comes out to that. I forgot that he did that for a while. I think he was the heel in the match. He was. He absolutely was. And he, he wins. He wins, but he was so over with yeah. the crowd that it didn't matter. Well, you've also got to think at this point, Duggan was Duggan was already a legend here. Mm-hmm. He was our, and the gimmick, his gimmick, in this 1996 early beginnings of the, the Attitude Era, uh, I I would say that WCW this is probably level, but you know, not WWE. But that I whole would say era. that this is probably the the first shots of the what would become the Attitude yeah. Era. So we're we're starting to see that shift to yeah. an edgier product, that kind of stuff. Um, Duggan's gimmick just it was it was stale. Yeah. yeah so Paige gets the win uh, after the match. Duggan retapes his fist yeah. and lays out yeah. Paige. Um, it was okay. Yeah. But like you said, Duggan's whole gimmick is stale, and I just wasn't enthralled by this match. I wasn't either. Um, the fourth match of the night is a double dog collar match between the Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags, and Public Enemy, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so This was okay. The match was okay for sure. This is the kind of match that these four guys are are, are made for. Really, yeah. never really liked the Nasty Boys personally. They they never they did, never did anything, anything for me. me. Um, same way with Public Enemy, but in a a, a pre an ECW a hardcore style match like what they were doing here, the dog collar they had some cool spots. Yeah, there was one spot um, towards the end, and it may have been like the the final winning one of. Public Enemy was hanging outside the ring, mm-hmm. and the Nasty Boys sent the other one clotheslined him with basically with the chain. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of cool. Yeah, that I was, thought that was a cool spot. Yeah, um, Nasty Boys win. Yep, and then they continue to beat on each other for a bit. Uh, the Public Enemy ended up getting like the upper hand. They were the heels, obviously, you know, yeah. for sure. But they they end up with the upper hand, but they lost to the match. Uh, the fifth match of the night is Dean Malenko, mm-hmm. the man of a thousand holds, and Disco Inferno. So, I want to say something before this match starts, right? Okay. Because now, Disco Inferno is an insufferable idiot at this point. Um, yeah. This was when he was still real new. Mm. It is a but with that said, that's all I'm gonna say about him. Dean Malenko, it is a travesty that Dean Malenko didn't get 
any more decorated as a wrestler yeah. than he did. Yeah. Watching this match, this 1996 Dean Malenko would fit in in any era of wrestling, mm-hmm. and you would say, that man is a star. Yeah. And I, I will say that uh, regardless of Disco Inferno, the individual, mm-hmm. he had a decent showing in this match as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was I really enjoyed a fun, this match. Yeah, this was a fun match to watch. It was for the cruiserweight title. It was, yeah, Dean retains. Dean um, does. But I thought the match was really good. And mm-hmm. again, you know, it just I hadn't seen Dean Malenko wrestle in a long time, and this just makes me very sad that his health deteriorated to the yeah. point where he can't go anymore. He can't do it. He just um, and but to think the about the last time that I saw, and then it kind of made me angry. Yeah, that he is backstage at AEW, and they can't seem to put together something decent. Yeah, with that mind backstage, that mind like, and sure he can't go anymore. But the knowledge that he has and the ability to be able to relay that to people, exactly. You know, um, yeah this this was great, and like you said, to see Malenko. Then versus the last time we saw him on a backstage segment with AEW, it just breaks your heart. Mm-hmm. It just it is it is heartbreaking to see this man and to to think about what could have been. Yep. Uh, the sixth match of the night is uh, Steve Mongo McMichael and Joe Gomez. Yeah. Um, at this point, Mongo is a member of the Four Horsemen. Which is him, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and uh, we have to kid. say his name. We have okay, okay. The Pegasus I'll, kid. Okay, I'll uh, give you. I'll Ed, give no. Chris Benoit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, we're, we we we're put, gonna have to talk about a match with him in it yeah. here. Um, you know, so if you don't want to hear about that, we will give you a warning. Yeah, I'll throw a warning at the front of this before I put it out there. But so, uh, yeah. We have Mongo versus Joe Gomez. Mongo gets the win. Yeah. Like, that's really all that this this match was just there. Yeah. Nothing bad or great about it. It just was. It was a filler match, right? Yeah. You know, we oh. talked about at WrestleMania 1 that there were, like, <laughs> squash matches. None of these matches were squash matches. Yeah. Right? But this was, this was definitely a filler match. Yeah. And, like... I don't remember Joe Gomez at all. I don't either. And I knew as soon as, you know, Mongo's out there that Joe Gomez is going to lose. But none of these matches, even though I knew, and I've seen this several times Mm -hmm. over the years, this is one of those pay-per-views. Let me go back and say, this is one of those pay-per-views. If you are a fan of wrestling, you need to go watch. Yeah. Because it sets the stage for what wrestling is yes. today. This is this is this is the night wrestling changed. Really, this is the genesis of modern wrestling or yeah. at least modern wrestling from 96 through the early 2000s. Yeah. You um, can still see some of the old trappings of wrestling. They still did a lot of the backstage yeah. mean gene standing in a mic. <laughs> 
we we've, we went past where this this promo was, but you had the three guys that were wrestling for WCW that we're going to talk about in a little while. <laughs> the Sting, Luger, Sting, and Luger, Randy Savage. and Randy Savage. Randy Savage cut the entire promo with his back to the camera, yeah. and and it was almost like Randy Savage cut the entire promo on Lex Luger and Sting. <laughs> like at first, you know, my brain immediately goes, "I thought Savage was on their team." And then, oh, yeah, he was. Why is he cutting a heel promo on them? The only thing I can think of is, according to Bischoff, they still didn't have the commitment. Yes. At this time in the show, in the show. Yeah. They so, still did not have the commitment from Hogan that he was going to turn. Yeah, now, there was. They say that Sting was the backup. He was. But uh, I also wonder if. Randy was yeah. a backup. So everything that I've read and seen, um, there's a there's a really good uh, book series out there on the Monday Night Wars, and it talks. We're, we're fixing to spoil a, a damn near twenty year old pay per view, <laughs> but uh, or thirty year old pay per view, twenty seven. So um, <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> Hogan Hogan was birched, of course, to be the heel. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't want to turn. You know, which he, he, I get, I get so, because he is the ultimate baby face right. at this point. So the reason Hogan didn't want to turn, at least the, the public reason he gave was, you know, he didn't want to crush the hearts of all the little Hulkamaniacs. Okay. The real reason Hogan didn't want to turn is because if he would have crushed the hearts of all the little Hulkamaniacs, uh, he wasn't really going to sell a whole lot more Hulkamania product. And his contract at the time was heavily influenced by merchandise sales. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went to Sting and said, hey, Hogan, we don't know if he's going to do this. Like, he still hasn't given us an official, yes, I'm in. He said, I'll do it, and then I won't, and then I'll do it, and then I won't. So, will you turn heel on Luger and Savage if he decides he doesn't want to do this? And Sting was like, yeah, it's no problem, I'll do it. Uh, I think he was a little hesitant, too, but at the same time... right. He, as much as I love Sting, Sting is my favorite wrestler yeah. of of all Steve time. Borden, right? Yeah, yeah, Steve Borden. As as much as I love Sting, he, like I say, he's my favorite wrestler. He had been the babyface at this point. He, he was, could have he been was, a great heel. He at was this WCW's point. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, right. Like when that was going, you know, when they were when before Hogan was here, Sting was their top babyface. Um. He had a better mind for the business and what was best for business to mm-hmm. steal Vince's line, um, which would have been him turning. Yeah. Uh, but and Hogan he, did it, and so now, yeah. you know, the rest is history. But we'll, we'll, we kind of deviated a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to talk about Randy cutting the promo yeah. with, his, with back his back to the camera, to the, camera the whole like, time. But that's, that's one thing, you know, kind of completely off here. I like that about this kind of show. Yeah. Right. We can talk about the history that goes into these moments too. Yeah. And so we get a couple of these backstage segments. You you have that one, which just feels very eighties wrestling of There's, mean Gene standing there with a microphone yes. and, and everybody talking. There's one with him and where he's interviewing Ric Flair. Yep. Uh, and <laughs> woman Miss Elizabeth is, and woman are both there. And woman is like running her hands over mean Gene. Yeah. And he tells her, <laughs> I, you're distracting me. I Stop need to that. do. <laughs> you're distracting me. Uh, he does another one with Conan. Yeah. 
uh, where where Conan basically fixes everything that Tanay was trying to say over, you know, Ray and psychosis. Uh, Yeah, it just, you know, and Conan was putting over Ray, which (coughs) is amazing. Like, I don't remember that, but going Mm -hmm. back and looking at it, especially in the view from Ray being a Hall of Famer now, and you know, Conan, as the United States champion, is putting over Rey Mysterio. Yep. And, you know, listening to just having recently, you know, what, last week, heard the Hall of Fame induction speech from Conan and yeah. then Rey's, Rey's speech as well, you know, and, and both of them talking about the fact that Rey was a 12-year-old kid mm-hmm. who Conan helped him get his start and Conan is the reason that Ray was in WCW, you know, all of that. So say what you will about Conan as a person, because I, I, you know, he gave us Ray Mysterio. Yep. And Ray is just one of the, one of the goats of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So our next match is Ric Flair accompanied by Miss Elizabeth and woman mm-hmm. for the United States heavyweight championship versus Conan. Uh, this goes back and forth. It ends after Elizabeth uh, distracts the referee and woman hit Conan with her shoe. Yep. So and then Ric Flair gets the pin. Yeah. With, the most obvious foot on ropes oh. pin and the most obvious referee definitely not looking. Yeah. Because Rick, Rick Rick's feet were on the top, the top rope. rope. And Mike, it was uh, Mike Patrick, I think, was the ref here. Uh, I don't remember. He is laser focused <laughs> on uh, Conan's shoulders. Yeah. Like, World War Three could have been happening behind this man, and nope, I am seeing if those shoulders are down. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But Rick so, wins and gets the the title, the U.S. title. Yeah. Uh, after this, we go to a tag match between the Giant, uh, the Giant, and the Taskmaster with Taskmaster, <laughs> which is Kevin Sullivan. Versus Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit. Uh, <laughs> it was weird. I got to feel like this is Kevin Sullivan, one of his last goes so, before Bischoff said, you're either going to book the show or you're going to be a wrestler, but you're not going to do the both. Two. The other part you have to think here is, I don't remember where this is in the timeline of the fact that woman... Was Kevin Sullivan's wife, but she cheated on him with Benoit. Yeah. And then they end up splitting, and that's why she ends up with Benoit, and then we know what happens from there. Yeah, and so the way that this match ended... It's very odd. Yeah. Giant, Giant gets the pin. He pins Sullivan. Yeah, Sullivan... No, he didn't pin Sullivan because he was teaming with Sullivan. Oh, no, he pins uh, Anderson. uh, Anderson. Yeah, my bad. So, Benoit and Sullivan fight up to to the the top. Giant and Anderson go in the ring. 
giant choke slams Anderson, gets the pin, and they still end up fighting. And woman has to come out at one point. Yeah, because beg Chris, I think, because Benoit starts beating the ever loving piss out of uh, Sullivan. Uh, yeah. So, and they they talk about it on air of why was woman out here? Why yeah. you know? So that's why I'm saying I wonder if this was during that time period. Yeah. Because she is screaming at him, stop, you're going to hurt him, you're going to hurt him. Which is weird because Benoit is one of the horsemen yeah. with Flair who was just at the ring with woman. So, like, it's odd. It's a very disjointed story point. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it may been, have been them trying to work. Like, if we were, if we had watched everything surrounding this, maybe it would make more sense. Yep. But... You know, it's been 27 years, and while I have seen bits and pieces, I've never really cared about Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. So I'm not going and searching out Kevin Sullivan matches and storylines. Right. (laughs) All right, so this leads us in to our main event for the evening, the hostile takeover match. Mm -hmm. At this point, Mike Tanay is gone. He's been gone for a while. Um. We'd had a backstage segment, Mean Gene in front of the police officers, him by the door, you know, saying, I, I, I could hear, you know, I could hear the third person. Sounds He's familiar, in there. But I don't Sounds know familiar. He's ringing a bell, but it's muffled. And I couldn't tell who it is. And I'm sitting there thinking the entire time. Like, if, if anybody <laughs> in wrestling would know Hulk Hogan's voice, yeah. it would be. Mean Gene, brother. Now, what I would have done is I would have had Mean Gene join NWO. Yeah. As, like, the, their, their announcer. Their announcer. That would have been awesome. And and then it makes sense. Yeah. Then it makes sense. And yeah. I understand that at this time. I and mean, they had their it, own referee at one point. Yeah. So, you know, why not? Well, it would make sense as to why he didn't recognize Hulk Hogan's right. voice. Uh, okay. Like, when you think Hulk Hogan... Mean Gene is right there. I immediately think Mean the, Gene. The first yeah. image that pops in my head is not Hulk Hogan by himself. No, it's, being it's Hogan standing. Yeah, Gene. Yeah, exactly. So we have that. He says, "Oh, you know, I, I can't tell who it is," and I'm sure that this was still before uh, he had made the decision. Yeah, like so. Outcome, Nash, and Hall. And it's just them. Yeah, just them. There's no third man. Mean Gene goes out there. Where's the third man? He's here. Don't worry. Don't you worry about it. Don't you worry. He's in the bag. We can take care of these three. We we got this. We got this. The mat outcome, the good guys. Mm -hmm. And the match starts. Luger starts the match. Yep. And almost immediately he gets taken out by a stinger splash in the corner. To so Nash is holding Luger against the pole and Sting comes running up to hit the splash on Nash, which slams Luger's head into the pole mm-hmm. and lays him out. They take him out on a stretcher, which really That's the last you see of Luger. Yeah, that's the last you see of Luger, but it also works. Like that's brilliant booking right there yeah. by Eric's part. Yes. Of Okay, because if I have point, to turn Sting, yeah. I have now set it up that Sting has taken out Luger. Yep. So when so, I turn him and he attacks Savage, yeah, it was a game all it, along. It was a game the whole time. Yeah. 
So you have the match go for a little while. Sting it comes down to a two on two now. Yeah, it's a, it's a two on two, and it, at this point is when I I sadly said half the people in the ring are dead. Yeah, because Savage is gone. Um, Savage is gone. We lost Scott Hall last year. Yeah, Scott Hall's gone. Uh, on commentary, yeah. we've lost both Heenan and Dusty. Yep. Uh, I don't know about mean the ref. Gene is gone. Yeah, Mean Gene is gone. I don't know about the ref, but yeah, it, it, and Luger's gone. Or no, no, no he's not. No, he's no, not. I don't he's know just, why I was thinking he was. He is almost gone. <laughs> I, I was thinking that he OD'd, but I was. No. Oh, you're wrong. He, uh, I'm wrong. He was involved with the OD of Miss Elizabeth, but that's another story. Um, Which maybe we'll cover at some point. Maybe, we, yeah, you know, we could. We we could do a uh, dark side of the ring style, uh, right? Uh, History couple, lessons, you know. Um, we, we we would need to script those out a little oh, more yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> but yeah. So this so, match goes on. The match goes on, and eventually out comes Hogan. The yeah, you, Savage you, is in the ring. Um, Sting's laid out. Sting is laid out. Out comes Hogan, and he's in the red and white or the red and yellow. Yep. And he comes in. He gets in the ring. Savage is laid out. You have the outsiders outside of the yep, ring. Because he backs because, them off. Yeah. Right. They the, well, As soon as he hits the ring, they're yeah, like, they're nope. Out. They jump down off the apron. They're down soon on the as, floor. As soon as he gets in the ring, he rips off his shirt. He walks over. He's pointing at them. Yep. And gets in the corner, turns around. Leg drop on Savage. Savage And at laid. this point, everybody is just like, what? Like, Savage is laid perfectly to where... Hogan is standing in the corner pointing at Nash, I believe. And he's kind of, he's reading him the riot act, right? And then without having to telegraph, without having to take a bunch of steps, he basically just turns around one step, leg drop. Yep. And then Nash and Hall start laughing. And they get get in the the apron and in the ring. And Hogan hits another leg drop. Well, they start beating on, on Savage. Yep. Sting tries to get in because he'd been beat, beat down, up. and 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 they beat him up and the throw referee, him out. The referee comes over, and Hogan throws the referee out of the ring. Yeah. He then hits another leg drop. Yep. One, makes two, a, three. Um, no, no. You can't just say it that way. <laughs> he makes a dramatic as hell cover of Savage, <laughs> and Hall gets down and counts the one, two, three, and then lifts Hogan's hand, and the commentators are, that's not an official count. They didn't win. The What's going on here? You know, yeah. trash starts pouring well, into mean, the ring. Not yet. Not yet. Mean Gene goes down and asks him, what are you doing? You know, and, and Hogan, Hogan cuts, cuts his promo. promo. The new now, world. What did, what did he call it? He didn't call it the new world order. He said new world order once, and then he said new world organization. Organization. That, that's what uh, That's what. And, and Kevin Nash on one of the podcasts, maybe it was Steve Austin podcast, maybe it was uh, one of the shows of the Rise and Fall or whatever. Uh, he talks about how Hogan didn't understand mm-hmm. how to cut the promo for the New World Order, and that's part of why the New World Order promos, the black and white commercial yeah. promos, were so chopped up. Yeah, because Hogan was still trying to cut a a nineteen eighties babyface promo promo. And that's not the feel that they needed for the NWO. And so until he could figure out and wrap his mind that this is not business as usual. 
Hey, look, Terry, <laughs> you're not telling kids to go take their vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> this is not business as usual. This is something new. Mm-hmm. You have me and Gene, uh, one of the, I forget if it was Hall or Nash, go over and he says, don't, don't touch me. I've got a legion of lawyers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it just cracked me up. He cuts, you know, he, he's interviewing Hogan. Hogan's doing his thing. Trash is pouring into the ring by this point. As the fans finally understand what is happening. And you know, and the thing is, uh, Bobby Heenan almost ruined this. Mm-hmm. And because when Hogan comes out, and starts marching down to the ring. Siobhan says, you know, here comes Hogan to stop, basically stop it. And Heenan says, yeah, but we don't know whose side he's on. Mm-hmm. Which, in hindsight, you look at that and go, Heenan damn near ruined that. Yeah. If anybody would have been paying, like, super attention. Well, if anybody. It was just a, it was, it, it was a disjointed comment, right? Because no anybody one would ever known. question the, the baby-faced nature of Hulk frickin' Hogan. Yeah. Right? Like, that is the... Take your vitamins, say your prayers, drink your milk. That is America. And <laughs> you it, know? it took Hogan a long time in his in his promo mm-hmm. to start dissing the fans. Yeah. He started and he was cutting a promo on Vince. And that, that company mm-hmm. up north. Yep. I made a lot of people up there a lot of money. Yep. I became bigger than that organization. He had to work up to start dissing the fans. Oh, yeah. This was a Hulk Hogan who, for the first time in probably 15 years in his career, he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, he was... Hogan was completely out of his element in front of the fans. Money-wise, this man knew exactly what he was doing. Because, good Lord, at the NWO merchandise that was sold, right? Oh, yeah. And as soon as, I think, I think as soon as the trash started filling the ring, yeah. Hogan knew yeah. that this, this is, is going to be big. This is going to be big. I don't think any of them knew how big it was going to be. No. I don't think anybody did. But, good Lord, like, NWO, for those, for the younger fans mm-hmm. that are listening to us, that or even the older fans, it, you know, it's been a minute since you've uh, thought about it. The NWO was, that was the crossover point for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there was the rock and roll, the, the rock and wrestling connection back in the 80s with, with WWF. Uh, but there here, was little there you're talking Lou there. Albino, yeah. And Cindy well, Lauper. You had that stuff. You had things like Lawrence Taylor and at Mania. You know, you had yeah. that kind of the Chicago Bears, you know, that kind yeah. of things. So there was little crossovers here and there, but the NWO took over pop culture, right? You had the NWO taking over pop culture. You then had Austin, yes, who had cut his 316, just becoming Steve Austin. Yeah. So, and like wrestling, wrestling was no, at this point, it was no longer a nerdy thing or no. a hick thing. No. This was like you had sports stars 
with NWO championship belts that they were walking around with. You know, you had the NWO shirts were being sold in like Walmarts, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where you didn't have that before. Maybe yeah. you had a Hulk Hogan shirt, but you definitely didn't have anything else. Yeah. You know, this was at the, this point, wrestling became mainstream. Yeah. And it only stayed mainstream for a few years mm-hmm. before dri- dipping back down. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. This kicked off, maybe slightly before this is where it kicked off, but this kicked off 83 weeks mm-hmm. of WCW destroying mm-hmm. Monday Night Raw in the ratings. Yeah, because... Uh... Yeah, this was that that period because this was. This I think was it was. Still, I think it was slightly before this that the first week started because this was but, where Vince Vince was still very adamant that he would not change WWE's product, WWF's product at the time. Mm. That it was going to stay in that because this was the this was the new generation era before Attitude, I believe that's what they yeah, called it. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I think that's what they called it. Um. So it like they from, called, yeah, yeah, it's not it like was, they called it, at it that was, at the time. It was rock and wrestling, new generation, attitude, ruthless Ruth aggression, Ruth. and current modern. PG, um, you had the PG, PG era. era, and so, now the modern era, because this is no longer the PG era. But So, you know, Vince refused to change. You know, he was not going to budge from the squeaky clean, this is WWF wrestling that, you know, you want to take your kids to, you want to do this, you want to do this. And WCW, you know, well, and at this point, we're just a few years removed from uh, the steroid, steroid trials. trials. And all that. Uh, WCW like took that ball and ran with it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they started doing things like the Nitro Girls, which, yeah, they weren't like out there in like super skimpy outfits to start with, but they were cheerleaders yeah. that were on TV. You they started, were dancers. They, they were dancers. You know, this is, we we WWE Hall of Famer Stacy Keebler yeah. and Tori Wilson. So you started seeing that. You started hearing more cursing. You started mm-hmm. seeing more dastardly heel attempts, right? You had At this point, you had Eric Bischoff with Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Kevin Sullivan, because Sullivan was yep. still booking the shows. So we have mm-hmm. to give Sullivan some, some credit here. He was booking the show throughout this era. Yep. Of They looked at the culture of the United States in 1996 – and said, that ain't it. Yeah. Well, they we, would look This at needs to be grimy. This needs to yeah. be more adult oriented. We're not going for the 10 to 18 year old kids. We're going for the 18 to 40, right. you know, crowd. Well, we're like, doing. They were, something I was reading was talking about it, you know, and they were talking about what was on TV at the time, you know, stuff like uh, uh, NYPD Blue. Mm-hmm. You know, you started having these, these primetime shows. We're moving more towards uh, grittier, you know, that TV 14 to TV MA type shows. Yeah. Like sitcoms were out. You know, people weren't watching, you know, ABC was still having like it's TGI Friday stuff and all that, but well, people yeah. weren't watching that stuff anymore. They were getting away from it. Well, that's that's to, what you watch with your kids. Like, yeah. you know, at this point in time, I am 11. I was like, I'm coming on. I'm like 16. nine years old. I was nine years old. I was born in 87. So I'm, I'm nine years old at this point in time. 
And I remember watching Boy Meets World and all yeah. that TGIF. Like, like, I'm 16 at this point. You know, I remember watching Law & Order. You know, I remember watching the stuff that was getting more and more realistic mm-hmm. as opposed to the neat and tidy sitcoms that, oh, dad, laugh track, end of episode. And then next week, it's a completely different thing because the week before didn't exist. Yeah. You know? Well, okay, so, so you have um, The Sopranos kicked off in 97. Yeah, so that was you know, the next so you year. Got, got that leading up. Uh, you have Oz, mm-hmm. also on HBO. Oz it was 97. Um, yeah, like like you said, you had Law & Order that was pulling, the, and they, they still do this to this day with the current iterations of Law & Order. They're pulling from the headlines. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're coming out of the eighties, which was a tumultuous time in the world. You, you have, this is the, the last dregs of the Gulf war. You, you have the LA riots that were just a few years before this. The world was a very different and weird place. Mm -hmm. And you had Bischoff, you had Sullivan, like you had, and I'm I'm giving Sullivan maybe more credit than he deserves. Well, you have that group, but, right? But you 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 have Bischoff, you have Nash, you have Hall, and you have all of these guys who are sitting here saying, "Why are we doing this for kids?" Yeah, white when meat, baby the people face. who have money, yeah, white meat baby face and cartoon dastardly heel doesn't work anymore. Yeah, right. Like I like I appreciate Vince's thought here. On maybe there was something in there of the whole, well, the world is so screwed that maybe people just want to be able to plop their kids down and watch the good guys win, mm-hmm. right? But WCW was tapping into that, the good guys don't always win. You know, yeah. they were tapping into that. We understand that, you know, so parents are buying the the shirts for the kids, you know, and they're buying one shirt and, you know, because the kid's begging for it. They're buying the one action figure, you know, that kind of stuff. What if we targeted the people that actually had that money? Yeah. That instead of buying one shirt, would buy four. Yeah. You know, what if we targeted that person instead of buying one action figure for their kid for their birthday, they could buy the whole set. And, like, the merch from this era still is selling. Mm-hmm. I have three. I don't know how I ended up with three, but I have <laughs> three NWO shirts, two white, or is it? I, I don't remember. I, I have three NWO shirts. I have at least one of the regular NWO, the white and black, and I have one, maybe two of the red and black. I can't remember which one I have two of. But um, I, I have a bl- I have a red and black one. Yeah, but it's like a one X. Yeah, because <laughs> it was I got it in this era. Yeah. And I still have and, and mine are closet. mine are reproductions. Like I, I'm mine's not going to say mine's an OG. Yeah. So Got and, it, like and, hot topic and I'm perfectly fine with my reproduction. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with my reproduction, but you know, if I ever had the chance to get my hands on it, right. like I, I probably let's be honest, I would, but this changed wrestling. Yeah. You have this Genesis here of bash at the beach, Hulk Hogan, Turning heel. The thing that nobody ever thought thought would happen. happen. And that's why I wanted to do this one, right? We did WrestleMania 1. We've Mm -hmm. done this one. 
arguably to me, those are the two most important pay-per-views yeah. in the history of wrestling. Um, just because I mean, WrestleMania one proved it could be done. Mm-hmm. And this one was the genesis of the attitude era. Yeah. And, you know, and we can talk about several other different points in wrestling that we can go back. And I'm sure that we will stone cold, Steve Austin, you know, doing the things that he did, yeah, the I mean, match, the three, the three series match with the rock or, you know, the well, three, three match series with the rock, you know, off the top of my head, you know, some of the ones I could think of would be that King of the ring where mm-hmm. Austin won. Um, so that would be one. You could talk about Ric Flair's retirement match. Cause Which, I think that was a mania. Was it not? That was a WrestleMania. Where Sean retired him. And um, I, I saw a clip of that the other day. That somebody sent to me still one of the most. And like, it still holds up, even though I know that Ric Flair has come out of retirement multiple times since then right. and ruined if the emotion's still there. If Rick would have stayed retired, that would be the most emotional match in wrestling, I think. Oh, it absolutely would have been. And even with him coming out, it is still an extremely emotional match. Sure. Because that was the end of Ric Flair as we knew him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Because it, Rick, at that point, because he did stop, he never got back to being Flair from that point yeah. on. And you know, the thing is, like, reading some old reviews of this pay-per-view, like contemporary pay-per-view reviews of mm-hmm. it, right? It was good. That's basically what their reviews were. It was good. Yeah. Because they didn't know what was fixed to happen. You know, we look back on this, you know, almost 30 years on and say this is a pivotal moment in wrestling. Mm-hmm. At the time, they were just like, yeah, that was Bash at the Beach, so what are they going to do next? Yeah. You know? And and it's kind of weird just thinking about it know, in that terms. Taking, taking a stepping back and, and stepping away from this being the, the show that it was and, and the point in history that it was, this was a solid pay-per-view. It really was. This was a solid pay-per-view. I think, what, what, did we have two or three matches that we didn't enjoy? Mm-hmm. And most of that was, so you have the Mongo versus Gomez match, which was whatever. Yeah. The Nasty Boys versus Public Enemy, which we didn't like because we just don't care for don't them. Care but for it was a solid match. match. Solid. You know, you have the weirdness of the Benoit Sullivan thing happening there with Woman. The rest of the match, the rest of the card? Solid, uh, you know, yeah. Ray psychosis really? stole the show. Yeah. Sure. Like as Absolutely. you would expect from those two guys, like, let's be real. But this was a solid pay-per-view that just so happened to be the Genesis of launching professional wrestling into the mainstream. And I have one question for you. Mm-hmm. Because I forgot how similar Surfer Sting's makeup could be to Warriors. I was about to say, there were a couple of times when I, when I glanced at it and was like, what's Warrior? Oh, no, that's Sting. Never mind. And, and as we remember, Warrior and Sting came into the business together as a tag team. Yep. So my question to you, who do you think was bigger? Sting. Or who do you think? Sting, hands down. Sting, hands down? Okay. No, like that was honestly going to be my question. Was it Warrior? Because Warrior went to WWF. Sting didn't go until much, much later. So, 
looking back on it, Sting was the bigger person, mm. was the bigger draw, obviously. At the time, Warrior was bigger. And I say that for one reason. We're talking about the mid-90s here. Mm -hmm. Not everyone had cable. Yeah. WCW was still on cable. Mm -hmm. WWF was on network television. So So more people saw Warrior mm -hmm. than they saw Sting. Just for the, the fact that I could turn on my TV on Saturday morning on NBC, I believe, and watch wrestling. Yeah. I could see Warrior, you know. Well, and and here's 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 my but thoughts on Sting. it. My thoughts is Sting. Sting is the best. Is is the one Sting is the better wrestler. He's a better person. He's the better human <laughs> better, for better sure. Better human, but also he became a bigger star. Yeah, because Once, if for nothing else, longevity. Yeah, that, because Warrior was warrior what four it. years warrior warrior started buying smelling his own his own farts he started buying his own brand basically and uh that's what happened to warrior yeah right warrior but warrior warrior shot to the top like vince looked at warrior side by side warrior had the better potential he was at the right time in those that late 80s era right place Network, right time television you know, the bright colors, the, you know, all the little warriors, you know, all that mm. kind of stuff. He, he had everything he could have been when Hogan left warrior could have become Hogan. Right. Yeah. And he threw it away because he started buying into his own hype. Yeah. Um, and, and let's not forget, and, and this is getting off topic from this, but you know, it kind of ties back into our warrior sting discussion. Hogan leaves WWF. Vince has tried to replace him with Warrior. Warrior burned out quick. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I think I think Hogan was still there when Warrior burned out. Uh, and I say burned out, and that he demanded more money from Vince, and Vince yeah, said, and Vince like, "All right, <laughs> I'll pay you this one because you're you you've got right. me over a barrel, but you're never gonna wrestle for me again." Yep. Uh, so I think Hogan may still have been there. I honestly don't remember. You then have Vince try to build Luger mm -hmm. to take over for Hogan. Lex Express. And that didn't work. Hogan leaves and Luger leaves shortly thereafter. Yeah. Vince doesn't have anybody to take over for Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And you can argue Bret Hart kind of filled that spot. Well, but Brett Brett never reached the levels of Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Well, Brett did take over that spot. And the reason Brett took over that spot is because Brett Hart was not a steroid junkie. Mm -hmm. Vince absolutely had to have somebody as his top person who did not scream, I shoot steroids into my eyes before we wrestle. Which Luger, Luger, and Warrior, Warrior. <laughs> Hogan, all of them, right? So Which, he had to have somebody. And that's where Brett came in. Remember, at this time, Hogan still was saying, no, yep. I don't do steroids. But when you go back, go back and look at Hulk Hogan in WWF in the late 80s, early throughout his entire right. WF run, and then watch him 
in WCW following the steroid trial. He is a completely different human being. Yep. He, throughout the 80s, he's, I'm going to use the word bloated. Yeah. His, his, his skin and his body is bloated from the steroids. Yeah. When he got off of the steroids, he's still a big individual. Mm-hmm. He's still built because shooting steroids does not magically make you look like that. Mm-mm. But he is so much leaner. Oh, yeah. That he's a completely different individual. Yeah. So, so, I think that's a great way to end this episode, <laughs> really. Um, you don't want to continue rambling on about wrestling in the 80s and the 90s? <laughs> I mean, it, it, I'll, let's put it this way. If you guys would like us to continue rambling on about the 80s and the 90s, let us know on our Facebook page. Um, you know, yeah. Hey, we'd like to hear more about this or more about that. Uh, and we'll give a... We'll, we'll do some episodes that way at some point. Yeah. Um, this is just something fun we want to do as a, like I said, like as a filler, like as a, uh, you know, stuff coming up, or even just a, hey, we really want to talk about this. And, you know, we dove right into this without mentioning what we're drinking today. And I feel like we should mention that. Okay. And, and we're drinking gin. Yes. This is mid-90s. Look, you're either drinking Jack. If you're drinking whiskey, you're either drinking Jack or you're drinking gin. Yep. We chose to go with Jim, Jim Beam, American bourbon, you know, American whiskey. So we should mention that real quick. And then, yeah, check out our other shows for all of our shout outs. Thank you, Greg and Cameron from McNarb Gaming for allowing us to use the space. Thank you to Big Dog Liquor for, you know, being the place where we buy our liquor. Yep. Uh, shout out to our friends over at Travelers on the Omnibus. Check them out. Check out Virology by mm-hmm. one of them. And, of course, silence your cell phone. So, But with all of that said, guys, hit us up on Facebook. Tell us what pay-per-view do you want to hear from us next. Yeah. You know, hey, tell us what pay-per-view uh, was the one that got you into wrestling even. Yeah. So, and with all of that said, it is time for us to go home. Yep. And cheers. Cheers.